He is currently appointed as an assistant professor in the area of business policy and strategy at Indian Institute of Management, that is IIM Raipur, India. He completed his PhD in strategic management from Indian Institute of Management, Calcutta, and he has also worked as a research associate at the Thomas Smidani Center for Family Enterprise, which is at Indian School of Business, that is ISB Hyderabad. And he also has around nine years of industry experience working as IT consultant in India and US before starting his journey as an assistant professor. His research and teaching interests are in the area of strategic management, corporate sustainability, and family business. In today's episode, let us learn more about Dr. Shantanu Badra's journey in becoming an assistant professor at Indian Institute of Management and also get his insights on management research and teaching as a career. Interesting, isn't it? Hello. Hi there. Welcome to the Guiding Voice podcast series. The Guiding Voice for a Better Future. This podcast is to help professional students, IT employees and entrepreneurs to shape their careers. Dear listeners, in every episode, we interact with industry experts or thought leaders or academicians or coaches across the globe to drive some insightful conversations that will help each one of you learn wonderful things. Also, we share an interesting trivia or a fun fact about the IT world or technology towards the end. So stay tuned till the end. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is your host, Navin Samala. And I have about 18 years of rich and diverse IT industry work experience. And today we are going to discuss a topic, management research and teaching as a career. And we are pleased to have Dr. Shantanu, part of our TGV's journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Dr. Shantanu, welcome to our show. Thank you, uh, Mr. Navin. It's uh, nice to be here in your show and I'm very glad to be interacting with you. Thank you so much again. Pleasure is mine. If you are okay, let's get started. Sure, sure. Yeah, let's get started. Perfect. So, Shantanu, here comes my very first question. Like, Can we briefly talk about your career journey and top three key attributes that contributed to your current position? And mm. before that, I'll make a disclaimer. In general, a person like me who has been in the IT industry for 18 years and all, it is a rare thought wherein I wanted to jump into academics. But you took that plunge. So probably yeah. you can highlight those. Yeah, yeah, sure. For me, it was not a very difficult decision to come to PhD. But let me start with my you know, early education and the journey you know, through different colleges. So I come from a middle class family. So my uh, hometown is in Barakpur, which is a you know, town near Kolkata, right, in West Bengal. And I did my schooling uh, in Ramkrishna Vivekananda Mission Vidyabhavan in Barakpur. So class 1 to 10. And then my 11 and 12 in RKMVC College. That's also Ramkrishna Mission Vivekananda Centenary College, which is in Rahoda. It's near Barakpur. It's another small town again. So after you know, my 12th, I appeared for engineering and medical both. I got selected into both uh, in the state joint entrance examination, but I chose engineering. So there is also one you know career dilemma that I had at that point. My parents wanted to me pursue medical, but I chose engineering some some thoughts are there because you know i liked mathematics physics this kind of subjects more than biology uh, that time we didn't have much you know understanding about what is the career as a doctor or career as an engineer we just choose about our subjects what we like right so that was the decision and i joined engineering in jadapur university in kolkata i joined it engineering information technology 
and I passed my B degree in 2004. So then I joined TCS as an engineer. I actually, you know, was loyal to the company. So I, you know, in IT industry is very rare that uh, you are you know, in a company for almost a decade. So I spent almost nine years in TCS and on and off. I mean, uh, I was also in on-site location in the US for around four years. So that helped me grow as an uh, engineer, as a person all that things. And then I took the plunge that I need to go to academics and do my PhD. So I didn't do any master's degree as such because it is not required if you have a four years engineering degree. And then I applied to uh, IIMs. Again, that interesting thing is that why not a PhD in engineering? So many people think of you know, doing PhD in engineering versus management. And my thought process was that, so I had this almost a decade career in uh, uh, organization. So I also understood the processes, the organizational culture, etc., which is very much required in management research and teaching, right? Uh, and as you understand, in a normal IT Indian you know, career, this very you know, geeky kind of engineering is kind of you know, lost. It's mostly process-oriented environment, right? So I preferred management as a research career and I also like that software aspect of this management career, right? So I uh, chose IIM Calcutta as an institute because it's, again, uh, I feel that the location is also important. When you go for PhD, getting a location, I mean, the institute which, which, where it is located is close to my hometown and it's a good institute, it's not an uh, no average institute. So I got selected and I uh, you know, did my PhD and here I am. So that is you know, my entire journey. And again, you asked me about three attributes, right? So. Uh, what I would say that from my childhood, that respect for teachers. I mean, I would say that is one key attribute that I learned from my parents maybe and, and looked at all the you know, inspiring teachers in my whole career. So the respect for teachers means that I always gave attention to the classes. So that is one thing that you know, I had this inherent in me or maybe socially it was inculcated. But that is one important point that I want to make sure that helped me a lot. Even in you know engineering uh, courses or even PhD courses, I never thought that, okay, I uh, you know, learned myself or you know, do it you know, back home. I always wanted to go to the classes and attend those uh, classes very diligently. So that helped me. Second thing I would say that this you know, incremental uh, growth. I, mean, I never thought that I will come to this point when I was doing my schooling or you know, even college days. So it always you know, helped me to grow incrementally. I mean, you understand that, right? That I took that one step uh, at a time. That, okay, I was you not know, doing good in studies, then I chose a good uh, college, then uh, chose engineering. Again, Jadapur University is a renowned college. And again, when I wanted to do PhD, I didn't do for any college. So I chose I am Calcutta. So that way, it's this progressive growth helped me, that I can say. And third thing, it's again, I will say it's not in my control, it's basically privilege. I mean, when I come to this stage and uh, you know, when we were you know, in the schools, we didn't think about much that, okay, it looked very normal that we are getting good education, getting teachers, getting all the resources from my parents. But when I you know, am at this position and I see the whole India and the underprivileged children and the societies, etc., then I feel grateful to this privilege that I have that I, even if I'm come from a middle class family, but they could afford me to go to good schools, right? And you no, know, uh, always as a parent, my, I always say that my parents always valued education. So that also I take as a privilege that you know it, it, it doesn't happen for everyone. So that is the third thing. It's it's not in my control, but it helped me a lot. Wonderful. I think you are very humble. I can <laughs> make it out. So first of all, I think you have to be proud that you are part of this Ramakrishna mission, which people can dream of and uh, getting imbibed with Vivekananda's principles and uh, Ramakrishna Paramahamsa's principles Absolutely. and all is something really great. Absolutely. And three things that you mentioned, I would like to sum it up. Essentially, 
for the professional students and those um, young entrepreneurs right i think this is going to help not only them but also for the kids around right maybe we'll have to uh, have them focus on respecting for teachers and attending the classes diligently and regularly because that is going to have a long lasting impact and second aspect you mentioned is focusing on incremental growth maybe take some small steps with a bigger impact that is clearly visible in your career path and third one like you have been very humble mentioning that you you got access to something which not many people have yes so yeah that's a privilege part of it and thank you for sharing so candidly now you also mentioned about your phd like you did your engineering and then 9 years you worked with uh, tcs and after that you got into this academic side and it was a direct course right not you didn't do your masters as you mentioned so can you shed some light about your phd journey what worked well what didn't work well yeah right so uh, as i mentioned that plunge into phd was not that difficult for me i mean as you said that many of the you know engineers or you know other professionals when they have this much of you no know, job experience they always find it difficult even more difficult when they are families right when i actually joined phd i was still a bachelor i married well you no know, towards the end of the my phd career but those kind of responsibilities actually you know hinder that decision making but for me it was not that difficult that because you know as i said that my parents always inspired me that you have to you know go for higher education and and build your own identity so that identity part was always in me that being a average engineer is one thing okay i was earning good but still you know uh, being a professor you know teaching people teaching students and doing research it gives me more you know different kind of identity uh, in the society so that always inspired me and then when i returned from uh, my on site in us uh, in 2012 then i was kind of sorted out that okay i am i want to take a plunge and uh, go for higher studies and, uh, and another thing helped me to take this decision was that my record as a you know student so i was a good at studies i was doing you know good in schools and colleges so that also kind of gives you confidence that okay you'll do good in academic career so that was kind of e- easier decision for me i know but many of my friends always call me that they wanted to take this kind of uh, decision but that end point i see that they hold them towards that existing path right now when i joined i am calcutta so i didn't have much uh, understanding about how the life will be in a phd career right i knew that it's a, a very rigorous program and it took me at least you know 7 years so again i should not give any kind of wrong uh, message that it takes no so long time what will you do but it is actually very dynamic program so it's not 7 years for everyone uh, it depends on your research work it depends upon you know the rigor of the study what you are pursuing uh, kind of data you are getting but it it takes you can say average 5 to 7 years and then uh, what i will say that i enjoyed the journey a lot if after the you know, other part of this phd journey uh, i can say that i enjoyed a lot it's not about learning the subject itself but as a person you grow a lot because uh, you know i feel that everyone has to be a researcher in their own life it's not about only researching your own subject like in management or engineering but when you search a product when you buy a product right when you look for a relationship you research right you uh, try to get more information you try to evaluate the information so that perspective of research how research can go wrong those kind of learnings are also there in pg so as a student i learned a lot then uh, of course my guide uh, professor shogotore i mean he is a kind of again inspiring personality i learned a lot from him uh, how to aspire and in life how, how to evaluate knowledge right so that is a very interesting part and then the campus life i mean i must say that i am calcutta as a campus is very beautiful campus i stayed more most of the time in campus though my hometown is near but i stayed most of the time on campus i make good friends i mean we are having you know very enjoyable times uh, then uh, of course writing the thesis is a rigorous task so once you love the process of learning 
Okay, it's about loving the process of learning. I mean, as, as I can simply say that if you love process of learning, you will enjoy the PhD journey. And then going to conferences. So I'm Calcutta, you know, gives you funding to go to conferences. So I attended two international conferences in the US and many conferences in India also. Uh, so that's all. I mean, uh, it's a it's a very enjoyable journey. You learn a lot. Uh, you become more humble. As you were saying, I'm humble because of the PhD more maybe. Because once you go for a PhD kind of course, you know that you know less. So knowing that you know less is one of the value for PhD. That you know, the knowledge you get from in daily magazines, newspapers can be deconstructed in various ways. So in, as a common people, we used to get whatever you know, news is coming or knowledge is coming. It's okay. It's the truth. But it's not so. When you do go for you no. Know, challenging the truth when you see how the research is done the kind of uh, mistakes can be there the biases can be there then you understand that okay you have to do you know some kind of cross checks whenever whatever knowledge you are getting or information is getting so that's another part so that is what i will say that the phd journey i enjoyed it's as if uh, the scenes are rolling in my eyes and you explained yeah. so beautifully and one thing that stuck my mind out of this conversation is uh, knowing that you know less there is a oh. saying like knowing what you don't know right it is a big boon probably yeah, yeah again you have been very candid enough in terms of why you are so humble and one other thought especially from the researchers for part oh. of it right like you said it's more about you will learn how to diligently perform this research evaluate multiple opportunities so on and so forth i think that was very insightful so now can we talk a little bit about what kind of topics do we find when someone is aspiring to get into this management research yeah right as you might know that in management there are different sub areas right so for example there is marketing there is finance there is hr there is operations then it mis also they call it mis management information systems and there is strategic management which uh, i have specialized in so these are uh, sub areas and i can you know uh, give a little bit of uh, idea about each area but let me start with the area that i am more comfortable with i am researching in strategic management so what we talk about is basically identifying a puzzle so any research start with identifying a puzzle because you are an investigator right you are like a detective you want to understand the social phenomena so it's a social science but focused on management or businesses you can say so uh, that the kind of puzzles as you i can simply say that uh, in strategic management we start with this very interesting question there are so many firms right so many organizations so many corporates companies but they are performing differently performing means somebody is going very good at profits some are very good at growth okay some are very good at you no know, managing customers so their performance metrics are different and they are performing differently so this variance this you no know, performance variance why is it different so it's a very simple question that why some firms are failing why some firms are so successful why apple facebook are so successful google is so successful why say vodafone idea is failing or why the two brothers in reliance right uh, the mukesh ambani anil ambani why they are performing differently even though they had you know inherited the same wealth uh, almost so this kind of questions are, are the crux of strategic management that why firms differ in terms of performance in terms of their behavior so this is a strategic management part and then we gather data data gathering can be secondary data that means we say gather their financial data their accounting data etc or you can do a primary data research right that means you go and talk to the people you talk to the management you talk to different employees and you talk to other stakeholders and then you know uh, get a qualitative kind of understanding why these kind of differences are there and then let's come to marketing then again marketing topics like how to market a product well then why some marketing approaches fail why some succeed so this kind of again similarities you can see 
in finance then again what are the different portfolio management aspects in finance how can we finance it better how the investments uh, work in a better way or why investments fail so you can i can understand right so every different management areas there are different variations right in in society so why these variations are there so that is the why question that actually is a puzzling question and then we go about you know investigating that so in a nutshell that is the what i can say for now for the audience yeah wonderful so it all starts with why and you yes. have you have perfectly put it it is like solving a puzzle or identifying yes. a problem and yes. going ahead with performing your research yeah there is no end to social problems i mean there is so many context so many times are changing human behavior is so complex so my guide always used to tell me you know professor ray that you know there is no dearth of social problems even in management i mean is always find a problem and so you know finding that you uh, know solution or the you know investing that is a little bit challenging in management research because the laboratory is basically society right and it's not that you can you know uh, do any controlled experiment like in a physics or chemistry lab is difficult to have an experiment with human beings or corporates right you have to observe from outside mostly so that 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 is the difference yeah yeah please Ab- go ahead absolutely i think yeah this is something uh, very well put through you have given some basic idea around management information systems followed by marketing topics and then strategic management finance and all so this is something a kind of uh, probably i would say you have provided a thread okay wherein people can go ahead and start exploring it and now i would like to ask you another question again related to the current one what are some of the trending research topics and hmm. the reason why i am so curious about trending research topics is the landscape of the business is changing very dynamically as you have noticed in hmm. the last 2 to 3 years absolutely and yes. uh, it is going to further change in the upcoming 3 to 5 years hmm. and all right hmm. because earlier business landscape used to change every 5 to 10 years now it has right. shrunk probably like shrunk to 1 to 2 years or maybe right. less than that because right. when um, i worked for general electric we used to call 5 to 10 years as long term hmm. and uh, probably 6 <laughs> months to 2 years is a short term Yes. but now 6 months to 2 years has become a long term long term right? yes what are some of your insights in terms of what are the trending research topics which audience can explore if they are interested let me start with like what i am looking at right now because uh, no, i am also I did a phd in a very trending topic which is sustainability so you know more and more the corporations you know followed growth path or profitability we see that the society as a you know whole is not gaining much so this all capitalism you know in the us and the 30 years 40 years of growth what we see that the environment is degrading right the inequality is increasing so if you look at this sustainability development goals by the un there are 17 goals right so those are now becoming more and more prominent in management research that how to become more sustainable corporation right how corporations can be more environmentally beneficial socially beneficial so one one very particular topic about sustainability is climate change so all of us know about climate change but you will notice that most of the discussions about climate change is mostly on the scientific front that you no know, uh, the physics or the chemistry or the biology of climate change right so those scientists and the natural scientists are very aggressive and uh, understanding climate change in uh, from a natural science perspective but but we'll also understand that climate change is a pretty much a social problem and if we think closely that the one of the major problems of climate change comes from the corporates themselves that the so much industrialization happened right and this carbon emission etc that is a major cause of climate change now what is happening this regulations or the normative forces not by normative i mean the institutional forces right that 
you have to follow these environmental guidelines coming from different nations uh, or there is some greenpeace kind of you know this revolution right so that a lot of ngos are putting pressure on corporations so this whole issue of climate change how corporations are dealing with that so that's a very trending topic so again my my own thesis on uh, on how farms in india respond to climate change right it's in a very nascent stage but it's going to be a topic for next one two three decades i believe because like pandemic we feel now climate change is going to be a next kind of you know, disaster if we don't handle it well so how corporations are responding to that observing them right who is doing better who is not doing good because uh, if we you know don't address climate change right now from a, from a private perspective governments are doing their bit of course but from a private enterprise perspective if they are not addressing or understanding climate change then what will happen suddenly you will find that government is putting some regulations and then suddenly your farm will find itself in a very you know disaster stage that will not allow to do business if you are doing it the way you are doing it now so climate change is a very important trending topic you can say and other part of sustainability can be water reservation water preservation how companies are using you no know, wastes like waste management etc so these are sustainability part another important thing because since you are also from it background you will understand that the ai artificial intelligence so it's a mis topic you can say but in strategy also it's coming more and more because because whether you no know, people will be taking decisions the same way that they are taking it now because artificial intelligence is coming very powerfully right very fast if you hear elon musk or the you not know, tech gurus or the facebook uh, founder mark zuckerberg so they are also very gung ho or very upbeat about ai artificial intelligence but whether it will replace human decision making because in strategy the crux of strategy is decision making right so the ceo is making a decision at the top of the farm an entrepreneur is making a decision will it be completely replaced by ai like all the decision made by data crunching or data science etc or again it's my own question also will is there something in decision making that will still human will be human will be driven by emotions so that's a very interesting trending topic that you know, anyone can pursue that how much of the decision making is going to be done by just data based or how much it still will be human emotions human intelligence or something that ai cannot capture in next 2 3 decades it will take maybe 100 200 years that will still be human decisions right and many of the social science are very context specific so if you you know just traverse through time what is changing now so just focus on what is changing now what is the current context you will find a research question for example the pandemic happened right so because of the pandemic lot of you no know, work is now work from home so how the organizations are changing themselves because the same definition of organization that you go to an office it's a very you no know, important you no know, area all are co-located in the same building it's not going to be in the next decade right the already companies are talking about work from remotely right so virtual reality is also coming virtual reality etc so how this changing the organizing is changing that is another important question so these are the questions uh, any uh, new uh, no uh, researcher can look at wow you have covered a gamut of topics right from environment sustainability and dealing with climate changes and all and i would like to add my two cents here if we consider the way automobile uh, industry yeah. is shaping up right yeah. earlier we were relying more on this petrol diesel right a uh, kind of things and now there is a lot of push okay from the government saying that we need to encourage this uh, electric vehicles and all and the other day right. we interviewed one of the uh, startup founders they are right. aggressively moving okay in terms of building a car okay which is yeah. under 10000 and which has to give minimum 500 to 600 kilometers of mileage with a single charge kind of thing i think 
yeah as you rightly mentioned in case if we cannot control especially the private sector cannot control and uh, if we are not uh, diligent enough to preserve the climate again mm. the future is very gloomy because yeah. uh, as we speak right the climatic conditions are changing very rapidly like yes again the same person what he said is uh, due to the pandemic they were able to see the blue skies and once <laughs> the lockdown is lifted again the sky has turned into gray kind of yes. thing Yes. So definitely, uh, I think uh, that's a very good research area. And in addition to that, you touched also about the management information systems or the IT-related topics. Thank you for sharing your insights. And now uh, let me talk about your journey as an assistant professor. Like, how does a day in a life of an assistant professor at IIM look like? Yeah. So that is what I aspired for, and I'm really glad that uh, I am enjoying this life. Uh, yeah. As you asked me that, what is the day like? So basically, I stay on campus. Okay, in Raipur, I am Raipur stay on campus. That is one of the big, you know, positives of being in an academy is that you don't have to go, you know, uh, through trains or buses or even drive through hustle and bustles of the city, right? So that exhausting lot. So I just work for five minutes to come to my office, and right now I'm sitting in my office. Our office times are 9:30 to 6. Okay, uh, that's the office time. So whenever we have classes, again, not every day I have classes. So whenever I have classes, I take the classes like online. Right now it is online. but when it's opens up uh, i have to go to this academic block and take those classes so maybe one or two classes you can say per day not more again as i said not every day is classes weekends are off okay but one uh, thing is about academic is that it's not very focused on one particular work so for example in engineering when you worked on a team we always focused on a particular project right but here uh, i have very diverse kind of work so for example taking classes is one thing that is people think about teaching but there are a lot of off the class work So, for example, preparation for the class, right? So, whenever I'm free, I have to prepare for the next class. I have to read a lot. Then uh, I have to do my own research. So, the free time I, you know, invest in some research. So, for example, reading the literature. Literature means the papers, and then writing about those, and then analyzing the data, etc., etc. Then meetings. Okay. So, in in academics, there are a lot of committees. So, uh, running an academic institution. So, again, it's a new experience for me that as a student, we always see the you know professors or teachers coming and taking the classes, but and uh, of the class they run a lot i mean they manage a lot about the academic institution like admissions right so again this weekend as i said that i have to take some interview so the admission process is there then student queries so many students come up with their queries on and off the class resolving their queries then the meetings about the committees so there are many committees in a institution like for example there is a phd committee there can be a anti ragging committee there can be a, a admissions committee so those you know different committees i am participated into different times so the committee meetings happen so attending those meetings taking decisions so you can understand that this is a how a small organization runs so it's very entrepreneurial so i must say that uh, you know being in academy is very entrepreneurial so that i enjoy a lot and then also you know, being with the family so that i also wanted you know as a career that so my time should be have a good work life balance right so my kid and my wife stays with me on my campus my parents visited recently i go back to my you know uh, family uh, in the evening so that was not possible when i was an engineer so uh, i sometimes you know reached home at say 8 9 10 pm you know at night giving time to the family so this is a environment on the day you can say uh, for me in campus i envy on you actually i mean yeah i mean every person has their own uh, aspiration and own own, own style of you know, living so i enjoy a lot so no absolutely because typically i am campuses are very huge yes lush green and you have specific timings and in addition to that as you said every day is like an entrepreneurship yes like you you are 
part of various committees and you do a lot of research and all and yes. especially one thing what is so appealing for me is if you are a teacher right you are oh. able to influence lives of many people okay oh. and uh, oh. that's something very noble profession oh. right wonderful so those were some great insights and now uh, i switch to my next question shantanam what are your tips for those planning to pursue teaching as a profession okay that's a very good question yes <laughs> so uh, i mean uh, in a natural life so that teaching is about gathering knowledge first so you are responsible to get information from different sources and build a knowledge base right and then then communicating it so one part of it is of course gathering the knowledge okay assimilating it and then you have to be a very good communicator so that it doesn't distort when you are telling your students right so the, if if you have two skills like you want to learn a lot from the environment i mean any 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 not only books now there are so many uh, information media right social media youtube you get knowledge from you know different news uh, channels like television etc books are of course there right so so much of information there in the around you but you have to know like how to distill the information how to make knowledge out of the information so information and knowledge is different right so there are lot of fake news are there so you'll be very uh, able to understand what is right what is wrong and then when you assimilate the knowledge you have to have the ability to communicate to the other person so it may not be your student but if you can understand that in your family that you are able to convince or pursue your uh, mother or father or wife about something that that means you are a good teacher so when you feel that that you know you are a good teacher then of course is a good you no know, right fit for you to come to academics right so that way you can understand that you will be a good teacher or not i felt that myself because when i was in tcs i remember i did my pmp right so project management uh, professional that certification and then i that was my first teaching job you can say i uh, took a session for the tcs managers and who are actually senior to me at that time for their preparation for this pmp certification and while i doing the session i understood that i enjoyed it lot that when i make them understand that some concept or some theory about this project management and when they appreciate that I, that was the time time of you no know, that fulfillness so that that kind of you know fulfillness you have in your life in any moment and you feel that you are feeling good that means you are a born teacher that you will be good as teacher and second thing is that you know expect moderate income i mean never come to academic profession thinking that we'll earn a lot of money huge crores of salaries that is not going to happen i mean that is granted in a country like india of course there are very superstar teachers you know who can do lot of consultancy and you know lot of books if you write those are very small percentage but on an average you would say that it will be you no know, your income will be less than the average corporate income that is given so if you are good good with that and if you can at least be comfortable that okay i don't need to run uh, no after money then again uh, that's a uh, good mindset that you, you will have as a teacher right but of course as i said you have a balanced life so your work life balance will be better you have diverse interest areas you can work upon and and there is independence so as i can say that you don't have you know big boss <laughs> Uh, like in an organization right so you can independently more or less independently you can work on your research topic as you said that you can influence a person directly so when you are talking to a student if you can influence a person you can feel that you know uh, joy that when somebody understands the concept and third thing i will say that there is an opportunity at every level so never consider that you have to be a teacher at iits or iims or any very big university so i personally feel that teacher is valuable at every level so even at a you know village a primary school teacher is as valuable as a you not know, teacher at than say iit or iim so i should say that never think about that you are a, as a teacher uh, you have to be have be in a very high study 
or in a very prominent institution, premier institution in India. I feel that as a teacher, you are as valuable as if you are teaching school kids. Even I feel it's more valuable if you can shape the young minds in a, in a primary uh, education. So if you are feeling that you have this ability or have this zeal for teaching, I feel that you have every opportunity to go and you know, take the plunge. I mean, at every level. That's my uh, small tips. <laughs> No, this was a lot of tips, actually. Like, I really love all the thoughts that you have shared here. You are responsible for gathering the knowledge and building a knowledge base. And at the same time, you should have the ability to communicate with the students and convert that information, validate that information, which becomes a very critical part. Because yes. we are in the era of infodemic, wherein yes. everybody is putting in something, but how genuine something yes. is, right? Yes. And you also touched upon moderate income levels. But most important aspect is the influence that we are going to exert on people. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for sharing all those amazing insights. Shantanu, this conversation has been very, very wonderful so far. And let's add some spice to the episode. I would like to ask you a few interesting rapid fire questions with your consent. Are you ready? Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's see. <laughs> okay, let me quickly fire my very first bullet out of the rapid fire. What is your favorite movie dialogue? Movie dialogue, okay. Whenever I think about movie dialogue, one, one dialogue comes to my mind. It may not be my favorite, it's just Kitne Admi The. I mean, that's quintessential Soli dialogue, right? I mean, <laughs> maybe that has you know, played so much so so much time in my childhood. But yeah, that's not my favorite. That that comes just naturally. Okay, uh, I have a dialogue which is a little bit emotional. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, again, it connects to my current understanding of life. So I have again a very small kid, okay, two and a half year old boy, son. And this dialogue is from a movie called Opur Shangshar. So it's basically a Bengali movie. It's basically Opur trilogy I've heard about, right? Opur trilogy by Satyajit Ray. So it's the third part of the Opur trilogy uh, series, okay? The third movie, Opur Shangshar is the Bengali name. And it's so towards the end, okay, almost the end scene of this movie is basically a relationship between a father and a son. And the boy is, I think, three, four years old in the movie. And that uh, no, wife of that protagonist who actually died in the childbirth. So from that uh, point, that father and the son did have a good relationship. So the father actually abandoned the son, uh, another relative, and actually went for some, you know, travel and etc. So he was so dismayed and you know, for the tragic death of his wife. But when they met again, so again, you understand that the father has this emotional connect with the you know, son and they met. But the son didn't knew that father very well because he had never seen, right? So he's just born and brought up in the uh, maternal uncle's uh, home. And when that you know, last scene happened, the son is asking that, who are you? Who are you? That asking the father. Okay. And that father responded. I mean, it's very emotional response is basically, he didn't tell that I'm your father. He told that I'm your friend. So I'm your friend. While listening to that, it's basically a Bengali dialogue that Tumi K. And he says, Ami Tomar Bondhu. Okay, it's whoever is in Bengali you know, audience will understand that. And then the boy actually came and, you know, and then went with this person, with the father. So as a you know, very small kid, they always look for friends. They don't understand who is father, who is mother, you know, who is uh, uncles or aunts. They want a playful friend, right? So uh, as I you know, play with my boy you know, every uh, day, uh, I can very much relate to this dialogue. Um, that is one of my favorite right now, you can say. that <laughs> The father is telling the you know, little kid that I am your friend. Okay, so that is very important. Quite interesting. Yeah, in fact, yeah. Uh, today's generation, we have to be very friendly, right? Yes. yes. Because the patience levels of the kids are very low uh, at this yes. moment. Wonderful. And because of this pandemic, I mean, they actually are, no, uh, they don't find this kind of you know, uh, other friends in the same age outside. So I would say that the parents or the whoever is inside the home has to 
you know, be like the kid has to be their friend otherwise they are you know uh, the socialization will not happen well absolutely yeah thank you for sharing that so with that let me move on to my next question what is your favorite failure shantanu wow uh, that's a difficult question favorite <laughs> failure basically i am a uh, i am a very optimistic person so i don't see you no know, anything as a failure as such and this difficult question actually to find a failure one thing i can say that i wanted to write a you no know, blog i mean blog of poems and it's still there uh, in the website but uh, once i was very passionate about writing small small poems or you no know, stories etc so i wanted to write a blog but it happened only for i think couple of years and then it died down so you can say that uh, that that is a failed project for me but why is it favorite why i am saying that because i still have this energy or this i preserve this energy to come to and you know uh, in a blogging or or writing something maybe writing a book so this habit of writing it's it's is only you know right now it's only about this project or research but writing something which is outside my strategic management or management research is something uh, i'm passionate about and probably will do later so uh, that's a failure but that's still you know i i will say that the energy is still preserved so that's the favorite quite interesting okay let me move on to my next one which movie character do you imagine yourself with or resembles you the most oh. okay so a lot of questions about movies so yeah uh, i mean i personally uh, feel most you know i resemble with the movie of sadesh have you seen sadesh sharukh khan yes yeah he was in nasa and then comes back to his village and uh, do sadesh some so uh, i connect to that character i don't remember the name of the character but the sharukh's character in sadesh reason is basically you uh, know uh, i feel that being locally rooted is very important i mean we talk about globalization we talk about you know reaching out to best of the world right going for a higher education to us so i have been to us but i always felt connected to my motherland even right now i'm in raipur but i still feel connected to calcutta <laughs> so i mean you no know, going to the roots i mean uh, that location that where you're born and brought up uh, valuing that that even if i've seen the whole world but finding an impact at the root level at the you know local level is important to me so i i kind of connect to that character i can say that's quite interesting actually very very interesting All right so let me move on to my next question what has been a question on your mind which you never got an answer for okay so yeah, it is a it is kind of a historical question you can say that and it will never get answered because uh, there is a famous author and a poet you can say and a genius in bengal whose name is shukumar rai have you heard of this name no shukumar i haven't shukumar rai if you can research him so shukumar rai is the father of satyatre Satyatra you all know right that famous yeah, bengali yeah, film director yeah. uh, satyatra you all know but he was the father of satyatra sukumare and they are from a progressive family at that time in bengal the ray family was very progressive and unfortunately i mean he died at the age of 36 so there was a, a disease that was no cure of that so he died at the age of 36 but within that much no uh, life what he did for bengali literature is unimaginable i mean any kid or any child will have to read his work so a sense of humor a sense of you know comedy or writing enriches every child in bengal so that kind of artist he was and he was a very good comic also he was i can say that that kind of literature he created for bengal is very unique is very difficult to create literature for children so what the question the question is that if he would have lived so for another uh, 15 20 years 30 years right like a normal person what would have been created what would have been the creation from him so that is a very big question and it it will never get answered because in a small poem he has created characters can you imagine 
so every poem of his is is a character in anybody uh, no in any audience who is in bengali will understand that what i'm talking about that uh, the genius of sukumar rai who left us at the age of 36 how uh, no enriched the bengali literature will have been if he was alive for another say decade or so wow thanks i think i'm going to perform research yeah. on that topic further okay last one for the rapid fire shantanu what is one message that you would like to give to your own inger version is that basically read more i mean beyond textbooks so uh, i mean as a as a younger child i i was you know diligent and uh, attentive to studies but i feel that i missed some more reading about outside the textbook like the stories or the novels or maybe history right history from different his not not textbook history but history and uh, those kind of so i i feel that that enriches the child or the upbringing a lot i mean i am i'm now uh, understanding that i'm trying to read as much but once you have this habit from childhood uh, that actually gives lot of knowledge lot of wisdom that you you value in your later life so i would say that collect more books outside textbooks and read <laughs> that's a wonderful tip in fact yeah. all right so that was a fantastic rapid fire round and in fact i got to okay. learn a lot of a lot of uh, details lot of new stuff to learn so on and so forth so thank you so much for sharing those details so with that let me come back to the very final question for today's conversation what will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers okay make big in the career i would say that uh, never never measure success in one dimension i mean what i understand at this stage of my life that don't measure success just in terms of money in terms of fame in terms of say degrees not one dimension i would say that keep multiple dimensions of success so for example no if you are not making so much money but at least look at how much impact you are doing in society right like as a teaching career as i said that you will not make the very huge amount of money but you can really understand that uh, how much impact you know make uh, uh, to a students you know to to other uh, other parts of the society in life then uh, of course uh, if you are say doing for example uh, if you are just an engineer don't just think about again i would say that always think about how you are impacting the society you know what is the purpose so as an it engineer now i understand that a lot of impact because this pandemic happened that it's not about only doctors or police they, they also they always you know on the front front end and get that admiration but think about this engineers that because of this engineers we are now communicating we are now having a very natural life all these physical uh, you no know, constants are being uh, fulfilled by this digital you know uh, world right and who who are in the back end is the engineers so feel good about it so i will say that you know uh, always having a very all around success of your life have a different perspective be optimistic and then you will be successful so never having a unidimensional success route so and when you think little bit you know on your position current position try to feel good about it and once you feel good then you will have the ability to progress don't get frustrated about your situation or position otherwise we'll never make it big that is my my understanding that be optimistic that was mind blowing set of tips actually yeah we have to focus on things which are very important to the society and yes. what is the impact that we are going to make right amazing yes focus so, on focus on positives i should say yeah yeah whatever you want focus on positives you will gradually become bigger <laughs> i say absolutely thank you shantanu it was a very wonderful and amazing conversation thanks for being part of uh, tgv and it was also a great topic that you have covered about management research and uh, teaching as a career and it was pleasure hosting you thank you so much for being part of tgv's journey 
in shaping the lives and careers of millions across the globe thank you navin any time i mean it's my pleasure too and any of your audience want to reach out to me i mean you can always i mean of course it's a lot of broad discussions we did but any particular help or mentoring about uh, coming to management research or teaching i am always there and uh, my linkedin profile you all already know right yeah absolutely so linkedin profile is available in the show notes so for those of you who are interested to contact dr shantanu please go ahead and connect with him all right so with that let's move on to the trivia segment of today's episode and folks today's trivia is about music players and here comes my question what did ford motor company introduce as a custom audio option way back in 1965 i know you are thinking by the time we didn't have cds or dvds it was a eight track tape players interesting isn't it thank you so much for listening there is more in store folks stay tuned take care be safe until next time bye bye and we are signing off for today see you all in the next episode with another wonderful guest Thank you.